since we've been recording this podcast, you've had a, a delivery, haven't you? I have. I have had a delivery, yeah. The, Not just the pizza Belgium. from your mum? No. You are so. <laughs> God, this could be a <laughs> this show. Oh, I have received a Belgium Spa T-shirt from our very own Formula Nerd store. Um, Callum, what you're wearing, I'm going to screenshot you and put it in our podcast group. Um, can you just stand up, please? I'm going to do it now, actually. Of course I can, sir. Coming soon, the men of Formula Nerd's calendar. Move your microphone up a little bit. Let's make this look. And your head down. Come on, <laughs> Cal. <laughs> This is like taking a picture of my grandma. Move your head in. Take two steps yeah. back. Yeah, that's it. Oh, because there's a seat. Uh, Stand up. <laughs> this, this feels like we're doing naughty things on Zoom. Okay, right. <laughs> up a bit. Uh, okay, stop pinching it. Oh, no! Down a bit. No, no, seriously, I'm not joking, I'm not joking. What's that hanging thing? It's a headset. <laughs> move that out of the way. Jesus. Oh my god. It's lights out and away we go. Is that clock? Is that clock going so It is. That's gone off. Oh my goodness me. Oh god. Michael Schumacher hits David Coulthard and his house. He's done it. Jensen Button wins. And I've got to stop because I've got a lovely black throat. Welcome along to the Cut to the Race podcast. We had a wicked show last week. We had the W Series girls on our show. Oh, God, that was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> dazzling us once again with her input. Emma Butterworth, love it. That yeah. was a good show. But what we, did, what we didn't get to talk about, because we were so excited having guests on the show, was a certain Grand Prix that, oh my God, the one of the year. I've said this about every Grand Prix that we've had this season, but this was the race of the year. Who disagrees? Matt, do you disagree? Not one bit. Callum, do you disagree? It was probably the best race I've ever watched live. That's how good it was. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, that's a bit of a statement. That is a bold statement. Big, but it's true. That's because he falls asleep. You fall asleep in all the races, that's that why. That's also true, but I am right. It's <laughs> one of the best races I've ever seen. Um, Emma, what did you think of this race? Was it the best of the season? Definitely up there with Magello. Oh, I wouldn't have said that myself, but okay. All right, okay. It was the Turkish Grand Prix, so we haven't been there for a little while. When was the last time we raced in Turkey before this? 2007? No. 2011. 2011. Oh, 11. Well, they crashed in 11, didn't they? Vettel and um, Weber. Weber. Must have been at least that. Yeah, it wasn't bad for a number two driver. Um, I tell you what was bad for a number two driver was Bottas's performance this week. Uh, well, last weekend. That was pretty bad for a number two driver. That was pretty bad for a Mercedes driver. That was pretty bad for an F1 driver. Thoughts? That was pretty bad for any driver. It was awful. I genuinely believe that any one of us four could have got round the same way he did. Like, he did that badly. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't have been able to do it, to be honest. I think he spun, was it six times? Six, six times at seven. least. Six times. Seven. And I think at the end of the race, there was um, Mercedes City had had a bit of damage. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Still, but still. But Stroll also had damage and still managed to at least bring the car home. Slowly, but bring it home. Corner, so any damage was caused by himself. Exactly. You don't. He didn't start the race with damage, did he? Well, he may have done. I mean, I haven't read that he has, but <laughs> just, I mean, just emotional damage. You know, in life, you you make a mistake, and it's really bad. Everyone hates making mistakes, and you do it in your your, your career, you do it in in your personal life, but you don't do it twice, let alone six times in the same place. Matt, you actually um, went onto Google Earth, uh, Google Maps, and you named the corner. What did you call it? Botas Spin Zone. He now has a mowing service, and apparently he's a local DJ as well. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that one before. You got me there. That was, um, it was, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker for Botas. I mean, yeah, you're a number two driver. Okay, you're not going to win the championship, but don't do it in that style, man. Jesus almighty, in the same spot every time. It was just like... He just kissed that little bit of water on that, that second turn. He just, just just playing with it. Like the, the, the water was there every single lap. Did he not yeah. think to just avoid it? Yeah, it didn't go you anywhere. 
it didn't go anywhere. It was just, it was a massive puddle. It was like a river. How did he not just avoid it, knowing that he was going to spin if he went through it anyway? He just wanted that race to be over. Did he have a tantrum because he knew he wasn't going to, he was going to lose the championship that day? He did come over the radio and said, I just, you know, how many laps are left? And that was it. Four laps Four remaining. Four laps to go. Yeah, yeah. Four, Four laps, laps to, to go. go and he was like, can we just end it now? I was like, oh dear. <laughs> Which is the media coach version of shit. Yeah, exactly. Don't speak your thoughts, Bottas. And did you hear what he said after the race as well about um, China? He got in a bit of trouble. Oh, my God, I remember mm. seeing this. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's, he's clearly a bit of a cheesed-off chap, isn't he? He wasn't the only one that said something. I think there was a Formula 2 or Formula 3 driver that, that, that basically put on his um, Twitter page, I think, something about... Uh, coronavirus and Wuhan and it kind of got shared all over Twitter and people were like getting quite annoyed because he's you know like me if you if you want to be a Formula One driver I wouldn't really mention things like that and I wouldn't really talk about coronavirus that way and then Bottas then comes out and says something and I'm going oh it's a bit do you guys know what he said, Matt and Kevin? I had not seen this at all. Right, I didn't so hear of it. I, I'm going to be controversial and say I sort of agree with him. But he was asked what was his worst day of 2020? What was the worst day of the year? Is that right, Emma? And yeah. he said the day that someone bought a bat in Wuhan. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit that's funny. Like, it is funny. It that's is like funny. Donald but... Trump level savagery on the virus, isn't it? That exactly. Was... But why would he even say that? Like. What, what came into Bottas's brain? He's standing in an interview situation about F1. What was your worst day of the year? Let's, let's say that. I mean, that, no one was going to find... Was he thinking he was funny? Because it was funny. It's funny in the way that you don't want to admit it's funny. It's almost like a... Uh, I hate myself for giggling at that. It's just like I just did. But at the same time, like, it's the implication that this multi-millionaire with all these sponsors... <laughs> had the audacity to let that fly in front of the global media. Like, that's, I, I think it's just a sign of him saying, you know what, I don't care. This year's a wash. It was the same with the Formula 2 or Formula 3 driver. Um, but the the younger driver was the one that actually said something about it. He'd actually put, the, he put a quote up on his Twitter page about coronavirus in Wuhan and... I think it was, I think he put something like happy birthday to coronavirus or something like that, because oh it was like, this is the day someone ate a bat or something like that. But, and everyone was like uh, kicking off because it was like really unprofessional. And it's like, this guy wants to get into Formula One. You cannot say stuff like that. Yeah. But if he's but, younger, you know, they, they, they live and learn. That's what I mean about making one mistake, making two mistakes. You know, I'm not condoning that statement either, but I think um, I'm digging myself into a real hole here. Cal, can you help me out, please? Nope. You keep digging. I'm just, Cal's just not getting involved. I'm not saying anything. I'm literally I'm, biting my finger thinking, right, link this into something, Ollie. You got I'm the worst a... person to bring this topic to. I'm just going to keep shtum. Well, I wish I could, mate. Well, it's also a bit of a sad fact if that's the biggest news of the week that we've got to talk about, Bottas and the Bat. It was Bottas and the Bee in Russia, wasn't it? Now it's, uh, <laughs> now it's Bottas and the Bat. Oh, dear. So we've spoken about Bottas. Anyone else got anything to say for Bottas in Turkey? Just two words. Absolutely terrible. No other way to describe it. it, it, it there's really no other way to describe it, was there? He was awful. I Everyone, knew, he mm. knew he was bad. I was almost like, I've been saying this all year, guys. La, 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 look now. Um, you know, Paul Bottas. Let's talk about Verstappen. Callum, I'm handing it over to you now. I'm going to mute my mic and sit back. For one, I'm gutted. Absolutely gutted. I wanted him to win the race. He was set up to win the race because we all knew that Lance Stroll couldn't keep the lead. And he just got too, not cocky, but just too eager, I think is the best way to sort of put it. He just wanted to be in front and leading the race as soon as possible. He had no patience and obviously hindered himself at the end of the day. He spun out and just could never recover the ground he lost. And that, that was the only mistake he needed to make. And it ruined his race. Did, did we see a new side of a step in, the, on, in, in that race, Matt? What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, Max has always been a very, very aggressive go-for-it driver. And 
as a testament to his ability, normally he pulls it off. Mm-hmm. You have to give the man credit for that. Uh, I think it was just, I wouldn't even say he wasn't picking his spot or being impatient. It just, it bit him. Well, he did it in the wrong place. Let's be honest. That He was never going to pull that move off. And I, I, could he have pulled that move off, Emma? When you were watching that, did you think, oh, potentially Max is going to get this position here? Or did you think, eh? No, I, I thought he would pull it off. He's, oh. he's pulled off some incredible moves in his Formula One career. He's, he's the, one of the only drivers on the grid where I think he's actually got balls pretty much to be able to go and make those moves. He's, he's fearless. He's so fearless on track. So when he um, attempted it, I thought, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then it was just a bit disappointing. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it's track conditions and things like that. It really kind of showed you um, who the sort of changing conditions that masters are in the cars you know the ones that can deal with the changing conditions the ones that can like make the right decisions at the right time about tires and setup and things like that when the track is like that like slippery wet and cold and it 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 bring i think it brings out the most experienced in in sort of clever drivers to the top I, 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 to be fair, I agree with that. I just we haven't spoken about qualifying, but that was surely Max's that that pole position. We all thought it. Was he just having a little bit of a that should have been my bloody pole position? Now I want to take the lead, and he just got a bit frustrated. Maybe they put him on the inters, didn't they? And they shouldn't have done. He was so fast on the wets. They saw Racing Point had a little bit of pace on the inters and thought, right, we need to copy it. And they really didn't need to. He set two purple sectors on his way into the pits. If he'd have just finished that lap, he probably would have had pole. Also, I think, you know, with him pulling that move off, if the track surface hadn't been redone so close to the race, I think he pulls that move off. I think he gets through. Uh, it was just the com- combination of the hyper hyper aggressive driving, as you could call it, of his style. But if that track hadn't had that oil leaching up through and it was just a wet track, not a new wet track, he's through. He's got that point. What was that technical term there? I've never heard that one before. Oil leashing? That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, I have no idea what the proper terminology is for it, but that's what we'll call it. Yeah, there's so many things to talk about in this race. What, what do we want to actually touch on? Because Max Verstappen, yeah, he took the chance. That's why we love Max. He spun out 160 miles an hour. It was epic. What else do we want to touch on here? Cal, I'm going to give it back to you again. I'm going to make a really bold statement now. And I think over this weekend, Lance Stroll proved that he isn't ready to be in a big team like Racing Point. He got the ball position, okay, fair enough, in in difficult conditions, but he was leading the race with no challenge whatsoever. It's when he came back out of the pits and the pressure was on him, he proved he couldn't handle that. He went all the way back to eighth position. And what, did he finish in eighth or ninth? ninth? He finished in ninth. He finished mm. in ninth. This is what I mean. He he had the race. He had the race in his hands. He could have won that. He had no pressure on him whatsoever from other drivers. And he dropped the ball. I think he's not ready to be in a seat that big. He should be in, say, I don't know, a Renault at best. A Renault? He's not ready for a Renault, mate. I'm not having that. Don't I don't know. I think it. Racing Point are better than Renault this year, aren't they? Well, it depends. You know, whether you know, he's whether, in a fifth, sixth spot sort of team. But he was very arrogant after qualifying, and I thought that didn't sit well with me. And I, it sort of shot him in the foot, really, in the end, didn't it? He did sort of say that it, well, at the end of the race, he, he thought that the performance issues were down to the fact that he'd gone on to a new set of intermediates, but he had a lot of graining issues. He, he, he was asking he for slicks like, before he did that. He was, he was on wets. He started the race on wets. And then when he pitted the first time, he, he went on to intermediates. He was getting a little bit of graining on them. And then he pitted again, went on to another set of intermediates. And then the graining was even worse. But what he did say was he, he, he was basically left really baffled by the whole situation. And he said that he didn't understand why it only affected his car and not Perez's. And I'm like, Perez can manage his tires better than you. That is why you suffered graining, not because it's this, not the tires' fault. Uh, if you anyone know? could see Matt's face right now, yeah. I can't wait to hear what he's going to say. Go, Matt, let it loose. This hurts me on a spiritual level 
but did anybody see the tweet that was put up by Racing Point and everybody wrote the articles on about one of the strakes on the underside of the front wing came loose on his front wing? Yeah, I read about that, yeah. If, 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 that is true, I have to defend Lance Stroll. Because that would be the difference between him being able to keep those tires alive and failing to do so, whereas Checo couldn't, if that is true. In the same, if, if, if that's true, fair play. If it's not, is that daddy just telling the PR team, make my boy look good? We're talking a wing. These mechanics are so highly trained to go over every square inch of that car in the blink of an eye. And you're going to tell me they missed a broken strike on the wing. I've got an idea. Um, we, we've got a, a, a friend of a friend, a mutual connection who, is, who works in the aero for Racing Point, don't we? Yes. No, no pressure here. Why don't, we, <laughs> why don't we see if they want to talk to us about it? What do you reckon? Ooh, we can do. Okay, all right. Because I think we don't know what happened. Matt has said something utterly ridiculous, but he, doesn't, he can't commit to it because he doesn't know. Here's but, my theory on it. Yeah, please. The guy he ran over the week before <laughs> kicked his front wing and ruined his race. <laughs> I would. You think you're going to Somebody you, clip that! You, you got pole, you think you're going to win? <laughs> Have it. That's what happened, I'm telling oh, you. Dear. All you're going to say after you run me over is, brakes were cold, I'll show you, little... Did you guys see the, the, the tweet that Holkenberg Hulk, put out of the, um, that, that, the front jack man in a bubble suit? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I <Yes>. saw that. <laughs> I thought that was genius on so many levels because Racing Point clearly didn't do it themselves. You would think they would make a song and dance out of it, wouldn't they, for their social media? But Holkenberg put it on. Did that even happen or was that Photoshop? I think it probably happened behind closed doors and someone's leaked the picture. Called Holkenberg. Did anybody see the one about I get knocked down but I get up again? <laughs> no, you're kidding me. Somebody took the the video of the Jackman falling back and they put in is it tub thumping? Is that the name of the song? Yeah. About I get knocked down and I get up and it's just the car coming in and just ramming him over and over again. It's probably the darkest laugh I've had in a very very long time. I get I have no idea where I found that. I think it was actually sent to me by a friend. Okay. Can we, can we whack a Formula Nerds logo on it? <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Oh, dear. Yeah, Stroll started on pole. No one knew how he did it. We sort of had to respect him for it, and I still do respect him for it. He got pole out of 20 cars. Um, fair play, Stroll. Um, shame he didn't convert it, eh? Um, Perez. It's not a shame, no. No, it's not a shame. He doesn't deserve it yet. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Cal over to the dark side. This is great. You've brought me over. I just have to be slightly impartial just to make this not a complete car crash of a podcast. I mean, podcast. the Turkish GP was the perfect chance for him to show what he could do. Regardless of that wing being a little bit loose or what, whatever, he should have been able to manage his tyres a little bit better to not force the pit stop. He was asking for slicks when he wasn't ready for slicks. Yeah, he and did. Didn't he? he? Imagine you know, if he put slicks on. on. Exactly. Imagine if did he did you, put slicks on. Did you not hear the team radio where he was um, he was asked to come in and he says he said no 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 I'm going to stay out I'm going to stay out stay out and his engineer just went okay fine then you stay out. Yes, <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise his daddy will tell me off. Yeah. Yeah. Like to say, right. Well, I'll let you ruin your own race and I'll tell your dad why. We've got it all recorded here. Don't they, you worry. They should have put slicks on him. That would have been brilliant. Like you don't you don't just mess up. You mess up in style. Um, Perez. Let's. Should we talk about Perez? We've spoken about Stroll. We've spoken about Bottas. Let's talk about the Goodens. Perez. What a race, man. This, and this is why it showed how crap Stroll was. Yeah, he, he had a very, very good race in the conditions that, that were out there with the cars around him. He was just solid, wasn't he, all the way through. Just missed a consistent from start to finish and he fully deserved the second position he got. And that's, that's all I can say on it. Yeah, I fully agree with that. When you look at the, the championship standings, Perez is sitting in fourth position on 100 points. 
and Stroll is away down in 11th on 59. And remind us, who has the seat next year? Stroll. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, Perez is, is one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent driver on the grid. He's extremely experienced, but he, at the moment, does not have a seat, which I think is absolutely shocking. Let's bear in mind as well, Perez missed races. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, COVID. He yeah. missed races. Right. Should we just should we announce it now that Perez has obviously got the seat at Red Bull? Should we, should we just? I'm I'm calling it. I'm not announcing it. I'm calling it. Perez got that Red Bull seat. It's not over till the fat lady sings for me. I think Red Bull are going to wait until the very end of the season to announce it. If Maybe. Albon has a solid three races, he keeps his seat. No. If he doesn't, no, he doesn't. I genuinely think that's what they're going to do. I think they really wanted to work with Albon. I think they're trying the hardest to make it work. And I, to be fair to him, seventh wasn't a bad, wasn't an awful position. Yes, he did. He should have won it. He should. He could have won it at one point, but so could three or four other drivers. You know, and Verstappen, his teammate, could have won it, but he didn't either. He basically did exactly the same as Verstappen that weekend. And you can't you can't ask for more than that. But you, we can't knock Max for not winning that. And then harp on Alex for not winning that. No, that, uh, you should. If, if Max makes a mistake, sorry, Matt, I disagree with you there. If Max makes a mistake, you've got Albon to step in and take the win, right? And that that was possible. Okay, maybe not the win because you've got the most amazing driver in history, um, <laughs> but Albon should have been there to to secure that. Uh, and he, he spun, didn't he? Again, he did. He did spin. But what I will say is, he still finished seventh. Stroll came out, didn't spin, and finished ninth. All right, I'm going to flip this on you, Cal. Imagine if it was Stroll who, who, who was going to potentially take the win from Perez and then spun it and went back to seventh. You'd be saying, oh, no, no, terrible driver, terrible driver. Yeah, I would, because he is a terrible <laughs> driver. <laughs> All right. I don't know, there's something about Albon I like. He, he, he made a few good passes during that race as well. It's not like, he, he was, not like Stroll was out in front and just leading the procession. Albon actually overtook people and a few good moves as well, it's got to be said. And mm. I don't know, I just feel a bit... Albon, that if he, if he loses his seat, it'd be a great shame, because it, especially if he goes nowhere else. He, yeah. he has the potential to be a very good driver and I think they need to nurture that a little bit more. He needs two years in the car, doesn't he? Another, yeah. another two years. Um, but when you've got Perez losing his seat, I know what I would do. Just, just saying. Red Bull don't really seem to want to give him time they don't seem to want to give any of their drivers any time mm. like Verstappen got into the seat and pretty much like okay apart from a few uh, crashes um, T-boning a few people and retiring from races but they, they gave Verstappen time and he impressed pretty quickly you know they he impressed pretty quickly in the space of one year whereas they're given their other drivers I think I think the, the problem is they're expecting a lot from the younger drivers very quickly because Verstappen impressed them very quickly and they're expecting that from the other drivers. But Red Bull don't have time to actually have them, you know, sort of grow and gain experience in the team because they want to win more championships, they want to win more races mm. and they just want someone who can come into the car and do that for them without having to actually spend any time doing it. Oh. Are we slipping into this conversation again gradually, this, this weekly chat? Matt, what, what do you think on the situation? I have to say this. How long has Botas been at Mercedes? Too long. Why are we not giving Albon the same shake? And granted, I, there are times I get mad at uh, Alex for letting me down, but the same breath that Valtteri has given time and still continues to make mistakes and fall short, Albon needs to be afforded that opportunity. I have notes here from this race, you know, Brilliant, bold breaking. That's a lot of bees from Albon. You know, he had flashes. He was on fire. And that one error, we can't hold him to that. I know that's kind of backtracking what I've said before, but I was overall impressed with Albon this week. And it just didn't pan out for him. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. The guy's he's in a Red Bull for a reason. We know this. This is, He's a brilliant driver. But you can't keep messing up week on week on week on week on week. Unless you're finishing. You there, there is obviously a time limit on it. And I, th- I think... The end of the season is that time limit for him. 
I don't think they're going to announce it beforehand because that could throw his head. Even if it's already decided, it might already be. I don't think Red Bull are going to come out and say it for Albon to hear until mm. the end of the season. Because it will ruin, ruin his ruin, entire career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he'll be finished. And which is very sad, but I'm just going to call it, guys, um, Perez to take that seat. I've said it. You, you all disagree with me. You, you're all Albon believers, aren't you? No, Albon, will eventually, Albon will eventually show up as Mercedes number two because he interviews better than Valtteri Bottas and can still continue to crash and let a team down. <laughs> <laughs> Russell should be number two at Mercedes. How long do we need to wait for that? Jesus. I think 2022, Russell will be in that Mercedes. Oh, if he does, he's struck gold. I agree. He's struck gold. Um, Okay, right. So we've spoken about Perez. Was there anything else we wanted to say on Perez other than bravo, sir? It's a shame he kept that team alive for them to do him this way. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's painful, isn't it? It really is. You know what I really kind of hope? happens you know when the rebrand is Aston Martin and Vettel goes into that team next year I hope he kicks Stroll's ass I really really do because I want I basically want Vettel to go in there and prove to the whole team that 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 lad really shouldn't be in that seat Perez yeah great race Um, who else should we call out someone else pick a driver let's talk through their race just my moment Yes, it's my time in the sun. Yes, and I let's talk I about wait. the driver of the day, the four-time world champ, the savior of F1, Sebastian Vettel, and Charles Leclerc. The Ferrari boys had an incredible weekend. Uh, Mr. Consistency belongs to Charles Leclerc. He overtook more places than Sebastian Vettel. I'm a diehard Seb fan. I love to see him on the podium, but I kind of wish Charles had it still, just kind of help boost him in the driver standings a little bit, but. I can't be. It's clean Ferrari racing. They didn't. Ra- they didn't wreck each other. They were three and four. I, I ran around my living room screaming, "Enjoy!" That's the happiest I've been as a Tifosi in a very, very, very long time. Did you cry in the end? Because I know you said you were close. I, I plead the fifth. I, okay, I'll admit it. When Seb walked over to Lewis's car, broke me. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So, same. 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 <laughs> um, I actually decided that I like Vettel after that. Welcome into my web, little fly. I think Vettel drove an incredible race. And what I liked is that it wasn't about how fast you can go down the straights, what car's better. It was driver, right? That's what this whole race was about. It was the drivers. And he showed why he's a four-time champion. Cal, what what do you reckon on this? I thought Seb had a great day. But one thing I do want to say is that how does he not spin in the wet but spins in the dry consistently? Answer me that, Matt. That's a tough one. Patience and understanding is how he was able to get through this race in the wet and the dry. I believe Politician. I have no I, 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 can't, I can't I can't finagle my way out of this. Sometimes he makes mistakes. Sometimes the car doesn't suit him. But I think this was a stark reminder of the patience and experience Sebastian Vettel has is why he was able to hold off Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton for as long as he did. And he's always been a wet master. Uh, what it is in the dry, I don't have the answer. Neither do Ferrari. But you think it's the call then and not Vettel himself? I think for everybody saying that he's mailing it in and he's done with Ferrari and you know, the man's a consummate professional. This shows that he still has the drive, the spark, the know-how, all of it. I think it's just something does not suit his style on that car. And they are scrambling for an answer on that. Maybe the styles between he and Leclerc are just so vastly different. They cannot create a platform that suits them both. I think Vettel got a bit excited. I think this weekend he thought, oh, potentially there's something here. And maybe he had found that little bit of his spark back because he was driving like a, he was driving like a world champion. And I, have, I certainly haven't seen that for a while. And I, I sort of liked him overtaking Lewis. I, I, that's a weird thing for me to say, but mm. it was it was tasty. It, it, we sprinkled some spice over the top of it. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. I really did. I really did. Yeah, said this weekend was the encompassing of what is that old saying? Old age and cunning beats youth and enthusiasm every time. Yeah, and that's why Leclerc spun off and gave the the, the, the last podium place to him, wasn't it? He didn't spin off, but you know what I'm saying. Went um, wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was a cracking last lap, though, wasn't it? Jesus. Yeah, I've got to say as well, Carlos Sainz had a mega drive. Did he? Mm-hmm. I can't actually remember anything about him in this in this race. 
he was Educate. like Perez, doesn't he? He finished. He, he, was, fifth. he finished fifth, but he was yes. a bit like Perez today uh, on Sunday. He drove really well, kept himself out of trouble, did what he needed to do. It wasn't a flashy drive, but it was. They started both McLaren started outside the top ten as well. Was he just a smooth at the radar? Is that what, what <laughs> got him through? I'll say it wasn't a flashy drive. It was just consistent. What As Emma? He is. Emma, I'm going to throw it to you. Ricardo, talk to me. Talk to me about Ricardo's race. Uh, do you know what? I was. I think that after the little tussle that he had at the beginning of the race, I think he he kind of struggled. After you know, he was right at the start. There was a bit of a Ricardo sandwich, which I wouldn't mind <laughs> right off. <laughs> Your face then, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, really shouldn't have said that, but you know, I have had a drink. <laughs> After he had that little tussle, I mean, he, he was proper going for it right at the start. He had a brilliant start, but he, he just, um, yeah, it was a little, going into the, the first corner, it was just a bit bit tight with Ocon. And I think he hit, made contact with Ocon and um, Ocon spun. And uh, yeah, after that, he just kind of struggled, and I think I think he might have sustained a little bit of damage after that. But oh, that old chestnut! Yeah, we keep hearing that this week, don't we? About the old uh, front wing damage. Yeah, it was it was it Ricardo who made a spinny McSpin face um, spin at the beginning. Matt, you know what I'm talking about. Don't leave me hanging. I do. I do. Uh, I think it was oh. Brundle made the comment about the track being spinny McSpin. I thought that was still a Botas. I'm just going by playing the I numbers. I thought that was a there were so Botas. many of them, like, we'll play it safe and say it was and probably be right. Spinny McSpinface. Some of the commentary was good this weekend, wasn't it? Um, I think they, they also did quite well. Um, so that's Ricardo. We've spoken about pretty much everyone apart from the seven-time world champion. Hey! I think on Sunday probably one of the best drives of his career yes. certainly one of the best drives to claim a championship apart from 08 I think he was absolutely phenomenal and no one absolutely no one on that grid could have taken that away from him he, he wanted it he got it I didn't see the win coming it was just Hamilton was sitting back like a like a like a like a big jungle cat stalking its prey. He was just waiting for his moment. He knew everything that was going on. And that's what 13 years in the sport has taught him, where you've got Verstappen chasing it, spinning off. He he had, he was playing the long game, and what a drive it was. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Phenomenal. It really no was. No other word for it. It he, was. He was absolutely exceptional, especially you, considering the start. You know, to finish 30 seconds in front... What can you say to that? He was insane. It was a race that you shouldn't have won, but somehow he did. And on tyres. Yeah, yeah. Well, on, on on what was left of a tyre. On Interix. I mean, he did what, 38 <laughs> laps on those? Interix. Slintermediates. <laughs> <laughs> there's been so many times you see Lewis Hamilton's car at the end of the race and the state of his tyres... And, you know, you're almost in disbelief of how was that still even rolling, much less putting in the times he was. This weekend, well, excuse me, last weekend when he came into the podium parking area, uh, my jaw hit the floor. There is no way on this earth that he should physically have been possible to get those things home. Turning the intermediates into slicks did it on the longest tire life of anybody out there, wasn't he? By like five laps? Yeah, because of China, though. The man was scarred. And to be fair, I was quite scarred. I was like, please don't pit, please don't do it. Was it China when he when he went off in the yeah. wet? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And mm -hmm. he lost the championship. Two thousand and Yeah, because China has that horrible ninety degree left as you're coming into the pit lane. Yeah, so uh, Hamilton, what a race, what a race, what a race. And he cried, he really cried, didn't he? There was no hiding it this time. He he was crying his eyeballs out like me. So were you, Wally. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 blast the man. Yeah, you're you in the same boat as him. Don't you? Don't hide. It was yeah, but he's not cried like that before. I, I can't recall Hamilton really sobbing. Okay, he did in 2008 when he won it, but he was a child. He's just reached the pinnacle of the pinnacle of most sport. He, he's he's the best. 
there's well the joint best once he realised that once that sunk in because he's always saying that he doesn't think about that he doesn't put that into his own head before it happens and then when it happens it all hits him at once doesn't it it's not like he's preparing himself for that mm. he's very good at that and I think that's why he does win so much he doesn't think about winning and I believe him because there was I can't remember where I heard it but after the race there was one of an interview or a bloody podcast or, you know, one of those things and he said they, they asked what he was doing to celebrate that evening and he said I'm literally sitting on my own um, and I'm going to watch some TV. Like he hadn't even thought about having mates round just in case he won it, anything like that. He hadn't even considered it. And do you know what? The Hamilton haters got shut down last weekend. You didn't see them on Facebook, did you? Well, of course, you saw the, the, the regulars, but not, not, there was no, oh, he's just a crap driver today, was there? None of that. It, it, Turkey was all about the driver and not the car. The cars were irrelevant on Sunday and he just showed that he was the best. Longest 10-minute review ever. <laughs> I told you, in typical it nerd fashion. <laughs> it's too much to talk about. Okay, no. I just need two minutes to get myself another beer. So. I've got a nice bottle of rosé in the fridge. Are you looking for F1-based content to spice up your social media feeds? Well, in that case, you're in luck. The Formula Nerds are here to cater to your every need. New from JML, The Range, Robert Dias and Asda, it's Formula Nerds Instagram. Okay, so it was a great race. We all agree on that. I think it, there was too much that happened to go through. Oh, lap one, Bottas spun. Oh, lap seven, Bottas spun. So yeah, we, we've covered it as best as we can um, without going into too much detail. You, If you haven't seen the race, watch it. Um, Matt, I'd like to please your driver of that race. And I'd also like to please your um, race rating. Out of 10, what would you give that race? The driver of the day I love and I celebrate but my driver of the day has to be Mr. Charles Leclerc. He overtook more positions. He, he did make that mistake, but it just, once again, him continuing to climb, to push, get the most out of that car. The only reason Seb had that podium was Charles made that mistake by going too deep while trying to overtake Sergio Perez. Race out of 10, it's gotta be 10. We saw history being made, Ferrari success, great drama, love it. Emma, over to you, driver of Zidane and your race rating. My driver of the day, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, is Sebastian Vettel. Okay. He, it, was a, it was a clean, polished performance from him. He didn't put a foot wrong. Um, and okay, he did sort of gain that podium place because of Leclerc and Perez in that little tussle. However... He saw that opportunity and he took it. And it was Seb's first podium in a year. He thoroughly, thoroughly deserved it. And my race rating, I'm going to say a nine. Okay. Wow. Emma, I bloody love to know what would consider a 10 for you. Really? Good God. What more do you want, woman? Um, okay. I'm going to say that Sebastian Vettel was man of the day. I'm just going to just put that in there. But Cal, before I'd say any more on that, who was your... Verstappen of the day and who what was your race rating my driver of the day was Lewis Hamilton yes it can't be anyone else for me and the rating of the race was 10 out of 10 a genuinely one of the best races I've ever watched live fantastic Matt did you give it a 10 as well sorry I've got short-term memory loss I absolutely did yeah you did okay so that's two tens this is like strictly come dancing Emma you, you, you'll be watching that later won't you um, get the paddles out <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give uh, Lewis Hamilton <laughs> as a surprise uh, driver of the day because he he was. Um, I'm going to give Sebastian Vettel the gentleman of the day because um, he really touched me when he got out of the car and, and sat next to Lewis. Um, and I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. What more do you want from F1? Sergio Perez to have a seat next year. Yeah, about that. Um, cool. Okay. So what else is happening in the F1 world? Emma, do you want to give us a championship update? Yeah, it's been, um, there's been some small changes. Um, but we've seen sort of like Renault, kind of average results from Renault at Turkey. Um, we've sort of seen them sort of slip down the order a little bit. So um, Racing Point are sitting in third. 
Um, and then they're on 154 points. And then you've got McLaren in fourth on 149 and then Renault in fifth on 136. That is still quite tight for third, fourth and fifth. Um, but then you've got Ferrari who are now on 130. So there's 24 points separating Ferrari in sixth and Racing Point in third. It literally could all change again in Bahrain. It's just, it's the F1 shuffle <laughs> at the moment, race by race. Wow, it was only, <laughs> what, what was it, two weeks ago that, Cal, you put out that um, React vote and I, I certainly remember saying myself, oh, Re- Renault will be the third in the championship, but that's just changed, doesn't it? Yeah, it's insane. It's wow. insane. I, I still can't call it. And everybody thought, you know, there's no reason to watch after Lewis wins and the constructors are all tied up. These last three races are going to be incredibly incredibly important for the midfield, which I'm going to now include Ferrari in. And it's going to be great watching, great fun. And there's a lot that can change here. There's a lot of prize money on the line. It's still quite tight as well in the driver's standings. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton is the champion this year. And Bottas is second. Max Verstappen is currently third. Sergio Perez, he's fourth on 100 points. And then you've got Charles Leclerc is fifth. 97. He's only three points behind Perez. And um, Ricardo's only a point behind Leclerc. He's on 96 points. And then you've got Sainz on 75, Norris on 74, Albon on 70, and Gasly on 63. So it's like all the way down to probably Lance Stroll in 11th. You know, it could literally just all change again. It's just so, so close, even in the midfield driver standings. I can't recall a championship where it's been this close at this stage. Is anyone else hearing that stuff? Yeah, it's me, I think. Hold on. I've got a dodgy connection. If you lick it, it all fixes it. Somebody um, clip that. Right, so... <laughs> what was What was my point? <laughs> It was one of the closest. Yeah, this is, yeah it's a close championship, in it? Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows that. Then we don't need to talk about it. Uh, okay, so. I'll just take all of your minds out of the gutter in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Over to Emma. She's much better at this than me. <sighs> We're all going to get paddled. Cool. So the championship this week, uh, this season is very, very close indeed. It's exciting. I can't call it. We've tried calling it. We ain't going to call it. Should we have a little bit of a prediction? I'm looking at the table now. Let's predict who gets fourth out of Perez, Leclerc and Ricardo first. Let's predict that one. So, Emma, give me your prediction. We're going into Bahrain, which is hot. Um, so I'm thinking. Oh, it's quite just tough. on that, I'm, can you? <laughs> it's hot, I'm just so, thinking, uh, like you know, we, we've come out of Turkey and it it was like a it was wet, it was cold, um, it was di- it was a completely different setup for the cars, which is why we had like a completely like topsy turvy grid. Hmm. So I'm going to go with. I'm going to say Ricardo gets it. I could have, I could have saved you that whole prelude pre, pre, pre <laughs> there. And, um, right, so we're talking fourth, yeah? Sorry, I've lost the yeah. question. Go on, Ollie. Prediction, um, Fourth. Who, who was Perez, who Leclerc, was... or Ricardo? Leclerc. Leclerc. Because yep. I'm a fanboy. I am a fanboy. I'm going to have to say Ricardo. We have back-to-back at Bahrain and then Yas Marina uh, with the strengths and weaknesses of the cars watch me be completely incorrect, but I just don't know if Ferrari will have the speed to hold off Daniel Ricciardo back-to-back in Bahrain, even with Charles Leclerc's super dependable driving. Uh, I could be wrong, but I just don't think the power's there in comparison to Renault at the moment. I could be wrong. I usually am. But isn't Bahrain one of the most successful tracks for Ferrari? Not, uh, let me rephrase that. Aren't when Ferrari... When we cheat with our engines. Well, yeah... <laughs> Sebastian Vettel has won there four times. He is the most successful driver, followed by Fernando Alonso. Um, And yet Ferrari are the most successful constructor in Bahrain as well, with six wins, followed by Mercedes with four. I don't think that is really relevant going into this year, to be honest, with Ferrari's form. 
I honestly don't. All right. Cheers. <laughs> this is why I love working with you guys. You just say it like it is. There's no hurt here. Molly, just give up, mate. Come on, Callum, crack on. Right. These, this, Sorry, these yeah. next three races, though, Cal, look, these are going to be some awesome races. It's a triple header. Yeah, I can't wait. Because Bahrain, they're having the short circuit version as well, aren't they? One of the weeks. The loop, the loop. Um, the loop, yes. the loop. It'll be really fast. There'll be a lot of laps. I can imagine that if it is really hot, that tyre deg will be, you know, the opposite end of what we saw in Turkey. I think tyres will be an issue. And, uh, yeah, it'd be a really good race thing. What time is... Are the races still going to be the dusk races, both of them? Do, do, do we know anything about these? The first Bahrain race is at um, 10 past two UK time. The second race on the 6th of December in Bahrain is at 10 past five UK time. Oh. In the evening? Yeah. So there's like three hours of a difference between the two races. So one of them will be a dusk race. And one will be a night race. I love it. Well, when am I going to have my roast dinner around this? Just get snacks. Yeah, I was going to say, just eat before. It's not really hard to work it out. I literally sit there with a massive bag of Doritos and eat the whole lot. Which flavour though? Orange or blue? Oh, chilli red! Oh my goodness, man! Good girl! Yeah, who buys blue? Um, what cow? Who buys blue? Uh, Ollie said who buys, blue who buys the cool original ones? No yeah, one. Who, who buys them? Um, cool. So I can't wait to see this loop of Bahrain. Is it really as fast as people are saying that it is? There should be three DRS zones in this. It's three mega straights. There's going to be 87 laps. It's That's mental. It's three and a half kilometers long. So, yeah, it's 87 laps long. <laughs> is this inspired by IndyCar or...? Um... This is going to be Ferrari's punishment for cheating on their engines is what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, surely the race will run, what is the limit, two hours? Well, it'll be done in about 15 minutes by the sounds of the speed that they're going to be doing around this. I know. Is, is there any braking zone? <laughs> There's a double chicane uh, at the end of turn one. It, I don't know how to describe it. Okay, so we've got three races left of this season. We've got Bahrain, we've got Bahrain, and we've got Abu Dhabi. So we're, we're staying in the Middle East. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to these. It's a triple header. We're not having any break. And th- that's going to be hard on the teams, isn't it? Uh, you know, with them doing back-to-back in Bahrain, they are going to have to run a little bit of a different setup in Bahrain because the track's going to change so much in those two weeks, even though they're in the same location. There's going to be completely different aero setups, hopefully. Uh, so it's a nice little wrinkle to see such a big change in the track, but I don't think it's going to affect the teams too much with travel because they're in the same spot. And, you know, they're going to have a lot of applicable data from that first run and then just tweak it from there because as I'm not an aerocyst, but aerodynamicist, aerocyst, a narcissist? What I'm looking for. narcissist, possibly. Uh, I feel like the low drag setup of the second running of Bahrain will be easier to set up for, but they'll have more data they can utilize coming from the first week. So it shouldn't be, hopefully not, an overburdensome triple header except for this, the normal relocation to Abu Dhabi. I oh, hate I it. I really that. hate it when celebrities just turn up. It's like Monaco. I just I hate watching the build up to Monaco because you always get some A-listers drinking champagne. Yeah. Doesn't know a thing about Formula One and you're like, why are you there? I'm there why for the race. There? Which I'm there for the race. I don't want to see Gary Busey drinking champagne in the Aston Martin garage or who the heck was it with uh, like Will Smith. Granted, love that little interaction video where he's tying up Lewis Hamilton, yeah, but, but during the race, I don't care. Who was the Muppet who waved the checkered flag on the wrong lap? Ooh. Yeah, supermodel. Super Lewis Hamilton's pal, wasn't it? Yeah. Nicole. No, not his wife. Uh, not his girlfriend. It was the... What was her name? I can see her. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We've actually just stumbled on a really good topic. Celebrities at F1 races. Will Smith, he's my favourite man on earth. Like, if I could idolise anyone, it would be Will Smith. But don't come to the F1, man. Stay, stay where you need to be. Because that was fake when he was tying Lewis Hamilton up. It wasn't cool. It's like when I Martin Brundle does, like, a grid walk. And he's like, oh, I've just been told that so-and-so's at the front of their grid. We don't care. We actually just don't care if you want to go and interview some movie star who's only here because they got invited by Bernie Eccleston to Ozzy sit in his home and 
not watch the race. Do you remember Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> that one was that. Do you remember Owen Wilson? Yes, two thousand seventeen. Oh, oh god, god. That was so like, can you met? Can you met us at Nexon Helm? <laughs> wow, wow, wow! <laughs> Martin Brundle gets absolutely destroyed sometimes they just ignore him like he just goes over with a little microphone i i sky sports here and he gets destroyed ozzy osbourne was my favorite one where he went as he does and then uh, brundle said so i think of a question for that answer is that what he said yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Serena Williams just completely blanked him. She just kind of went like this. And, oh, you know, she great. just put her hand over her face and just walked away, and it was like rude. The biggest <laughs> problem is right, and the reason that I hate them so much is because they're not even F1 fans, but they get to go to the coolest places. They get to go in the pit lane. They get to walk the track, and it's like us as real F1 fans, we're thinking, "You bastards!" Just because you've got money, you get to do. It. I did some research on this. First of all, 2015 for the North America section was stupid for celebrities in Canada and the American Grand Prix. But for next year's season, you know, me being an American, I'm going to try to go to Coda and get the grid walk, you know, all of the VIP packages. And I'm very curious for a weekend at Silverstone, three day race pass, paddock access, and a uh, grid walk, photo with the trophy, and. Priority seating, ballpark at what is it for Silverstone? Probably about five grand. Yeah, I would say you weren't very specific on which stand you're in or which hospitality bit. True, they have true. Loads, but Silver, from, yeah. from something that's decent, you're talking two grand upwards. Easy. Silverstone's really overpriced anyway. Just and to put it into perspective, when I went on honeymoon to Monza, it cost me a lot, a lot less money to fly out to Monza, get a hotel get tickets for the whole Grand Prix weekend and sit in Prima Veriente than, than just general admission for the whole weekend at Silverstone. And I, I booked my flights and my hotel and everything. Emma, so right, for Coda. I, 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 sorry, sorry, Emma, Matt, I'm going to interrupt you. I hate doing it, but I'm going to have to. Emma, I never knew that that was your honeymoon. Yeah, that was where I went on honeymoon, yeah. Right. Right, I'm going to give you Claire's number. Can you have a quick one? <laughs> <laughs> it was my idea Thank as you. well. And he sat there like, what? You, you want to go to Monza on your honeymoon? I was like, yeah. Luckiest man on earth. Tom, <laughs> you okay, <cool>. lucky. <laughs> so the research for turn 14 at Coda, all the goodies and extras and getting into the paddock and all that, 7000 Now, granted, that's American dollars, but that's equating to about, what, four, four and a half thousand British pounds? I spent so more I th- than that now with the uh, exchange rate over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we may have just discovered an F1 travel tip for the Formula Nerds. Fly somewhere cheap to go to a race and don't do it the one in your own home country. Mm. Uh, Matt, you've spoken a lot about coming to the UK to um, see me because we like each other. I'm going to put this out here. If you pay for me to come VIP to Circuit of the Americas, I'll come and visit you. Oh, no, it's much more financially responsible for me to come there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in my one-man tent, though. That's the problem at Silverstone. Ex- Exact. It, that's the problem. That's the proper F one experience. Yeah, it's man. camping at Spa, camping at Silverstone, and you know what? Oh, Emma disagrees. I th- you know, I think there there is a possibility of buying another tent. I don't think just because you're traveling over here, you have to share all these tents. You can buy another one. Are we tu- are we touching that? I've had the same tent for five years going to Silverstone, and it's one it's of them pop up ones, and I can't pop it down ever because you need a degree in something to be able to, to bend it back in. So each time I drive back from Silverstone with it hanging out the back of my boot. <laughs> I'll go on the bloopers. <clears throat> <laughs> I, was, I lost the instructions five years ago. What do you want from me? I don't know how this thing works. And the funniest bit is I get Claire's mum to put it back together for me because she can figure it out, but I can't. True story. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. So if you could go to any race, what would it be? The money, no objective as a fan. Emma, I'm going with you first. You're not allowed to say Monza because you've already done it. I've already been to Monza, so the next circuit on my bucket list uh, is Austin. That's that's where we want to go. But because that's <laughs> all of us just not... meerkatted. <laughs> I'm not often sure. speechless, but I was. <laughs> Jesus, wow. My husband has been to Spa on a number of occasions, not for Formula One, but for karting. 
Um, but we have been sort of talking about the idea of renting a motorhome and just driving to Spa once um, all this is over because we might not actually be able to get over to America for like the next 10 years. You don't want to either. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it'd be quite difficult. But we, we're thinking, you know, when they start to allow fans back into the, the tracks, we will probably hit Spa first, but we'll get a motorhome because... I don't do tents. I'm sorry, but I I I need an actual bathroom, yes. and you know somewhere. No, I can I can't sleep. It, it I annoys like motorsports, me. Emma. Jesus. Um, <laughs> we, we, I think Callum was it you? I had a conversation about going to Spa with. I've also had it with Will. I've also had it with who else is on the, our team? Everyone that was on. I our think team. it was all four of us to jump in your car. Oh yeah, it was Matt. Sorry, driving over there, <laughs> and then camping. Yeah, so we're going to follow the motorhome of Emma where she's got her private bathroom with her. Yeah. <laughs> Emma's going to hang her chandelier outside the little <laughs> pop-up shelter outside, and we'll be out there drinking our cheap beer, peeing in holes, and living in the tent for the race weekend. With my tent hanging out the back. Love it. <laughs> yes, I'm on. Um, I've been Driving to Bo- back, you could put the tent in the motorhome, couldn't you? Yeah, I, I'd probably need to sleep in the In the storage it. section underneath where like the bags go, she'll <laughs> open it up, and there we all are in sleeping bags. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this. This is brilliant. Hopefully, Spa will give us free tickets as well because we'll promote it for them. No chance after this. Matt, which which um, Silverstone would you go to if you could go to any in the world? It probably has to be Monza. Good try. You about got me to say Silverstone. Just because it's a Tafosi, you know, I'm stuck here in the USA. You know, I do have Mexico City, Canada in the USA, but they're, while they're great tracks, you know, it's the history, it's the legacy of some of these tracks, and it's home. Monza is the temple of speed. That's where Ferrari is supposed to be their maddest, unless or Emola. But, you know, it has to be that for me. i got to say, I never knew Matt was Italian until just then. <laughs> it was, that's amazing. I never knew Italy was your home. Um, Callum, where would you go? It's a tough one for me. I mean, if the... The stands and stuff like that were better at Interlagos, I'd say there. But I think it would have to be uh, Zandvoort when that's open. Oh, a track that we've never, we, we, well, we haven't raced that yet. That's an interesting one. Okay. I want to sit above the banking at Zandvoort. With your legs flopping over the end and your beer yeah. in hand. I'm going to give Max Verstappen a high five as he drives past. <laughs> and there goes my arm. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> So he actually goes to Max Verstappen after the race. Like, can you sign my severed arm? <laughs> That's a memento. I think, I think we're, how am I going to link that one, Matt? Cheers, man. Yeah, I, I think the most, I've been to Spa and I would go back there every single year if I could. It was the most amazing place on earth. Just because when you're in the forest, you can hear the engines going all around you. It's cool as hell. There's loads and loads of people pissing by every tree, though. That's the only thing you need to be wary of. Um, and like, this is why I use a motorhome. Exactly. Yeah. And it rained when we were there, and we were on one of the big slopes, and we just slid all the way down to the bottom of it. At Spa is, is a wet place. You need to be prepared for everything at Spa. But can we go this year, guys? Please, please. I would love to. I'll drive. There. I'll take it in turns with you driving. That's not an issue. Okay. But if you pay, I'll come 100%. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I missed that bit. If I can fly out, if the travel restrictions are lifted... Absolutely. That's tells me beyond pigs can fly, isn't it, at the moment, really? But especially okay. here, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that we think we should be talking about before we lose all our our Duracell bunnies? I've got nothing. 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 I only have one thing. Dear Ferrari, fix your engines. Don't give me hope and say you found all this power and then come out and say you're 50 to 60 horsepower down. Like, don't do that to us. We can't handle the heartbreak. Just let us accept the fact that we're going to suck until 2022 and surprise us. Don't build me up and tear me down. <laughs> I'm going to add into that and say keep doing what you're doing. Making for great TV every Sunday. I love it. Carry on. Um, I've got one thing to say, yeah. and that is a message to Red Bull and that is 
announce Perez. Yes, I, I <laughs> knew you agreed with me. You said you disagreed with me. I knew you agreed with me. Perez is sitting there at the moment going, no one even knows. <laughs> we know. Um, it's been a great show. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, as always, check out the socials. Um, Matt, you're going to say them all now. I'm putting the pressure on you. Be sure to follow us and give us a like on Facebook at Formula Nerds, on Instagram at Formula Nerds, on YouTube at Formula Nerds. Check out our website, FormulaNerds.com or FormulaNerds.co.uk. Jesus. If they didn't get that, then there's a problem. If you didn't know, we've got a really good shop and we sell some cool things. Um, Cal, you, you, since we've been recording this podcast, you've had a, a delivery, haven't you? I have. I have had a delivery, yeah. The, Not just the pizza Belgium. from your mum? No. You are so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this could be a this show. Oh, I have received a Belgium Spa t-shirt from our very own Formula Nerd store. Um, Callum, what you're wearing, I'm going to screenshot you and put it in our podcast group. Um, can you just stand up, please? I'm going to do it now, actually. Of course I can, sir. Coming soon, the men of Formula Nerd's calendar. Move your microphone up a little bit. Let's make this look. And your head down. Come on, Cal. This is like taking a picture of my grandma. Move your head in. Take two steps back. Yeah, that's it. Stand up. This, this feels like we're doing naughty things on Zoom. Okay, right. Up a bit. Uh, okay, stop pinching it. Oh, no! Down a bit. No, no, seriously, I'm not joking, I'm not joking. What's that hanging thing? It's his headset. Yeah, move that out of the way, Jesus. Oh my God. Some bloody mouse attached to your head. This is the teaser film for this podcast right here. Yeah. Well, I got a picture of Callum's nipples, so that was well worth it. Ooh. Uh, okay, yeah, no, that's cool, that's cool. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm really surprised at the quality, to be fair. <laughs> seen it. Uh, <laughs> what would Will say? Lord have mercy. Oh, she's only gone and done. I my jumper off. I was covered in red. Oh, green. gosh. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you very much for our panel today, Emma. Um, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure as always. Sorry, I'm actually crying. <laughs> Maybe we need to put ourselves together. Oh, for my scar's running now. Look, oh my god. <laughs> That's what? No. Uh, Matt, thank you. Cal <laughs> 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 is plotting each and every one of our murders right now as he sits in that chair. Every single do you know? One. Do you know what we're laughing about? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. Are we good now? Can we, can we say bye now? <laughs> oh god, don't! I've got all fucking giggles, man. When I get the giggles, it's game over. We need to end this. <clears throat> Thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. Don't forget to check out the socials. Don't forget to check out the shop. Matt, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, Ollie. It's great talking to you guys as always and cannot wait for next week. We're going to have a wicked race review next week. And over to you, Emma. It's been brilliant this week. Unfortunately, I'm moving house next week, so I won't be on the podcast, but Boo. I will be listening to it intently while I'm driving my big van. <laughs> Are you going to make Tom listen to it as well? Well, he'll, he'll be in the other van. We're hi we need to hire two vans. Mm -mm -mm. So I'll make them. I will make them. And Cal, thank you very much for being on the show this week. No worries at all. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. 
don't forget to join the podcast group which is formula uh don't forget to join the podcast group where we speak in depth to our fans which is cut to the race podcast on facebook there's only a few people there so make sure you get in touch with us and to my panel thank you very much again fucking hell matt jesus <laughs> goodbye good night hallelujah peace out bye bye <laughs> You try doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I have to try and link bloody Bottas. Oh, God. Fucking tracks. Oh, man. Oh, God. That was the most difficult punch <laughs> show I've ever hosted. Thank you. Welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast by the Formula O. <laughs> I love you, man. That was beautiful. You we're changing our... We're changing our name. <laughs> I am not editing anything. I'm putting this up straight. No oh coke, God, no, no, no mixers, no nothing. This is straight. Thank you. I love you. Peace out. One love. Bye-bye. Love y'all.